Welcome back to another episode of Church is Stupid. Come a butt. And this week we have with us myself, Ruth. Uh, hi, I'm Andy. And uh, it's me, Elijah. I'm back. We are very glad to have you back, though. It's very... It's good to be back after my not break. I was here last time. I think you've only missed one set of recordings, though, I right? I, I think I have. Yeah. He, he has, and I still haven't called him a main person yet because <laughs> I'm the worst. Well, obviously. I'm still not getting paid, you know. So it's <laughs> well, you know, we already know who the main characters. Are. I'm not getting are, paid so. by my by my wife, the host of this podcast. <laughs> Anyhow, welcome everyone. On that note, welcome back, um, and it's just the three of us today, and we would like to talk about a topic that hopefully will resonate with a lot of you guys, which is being young in the church. And this is something that is very near and dear to my heart, considering I am a whopping age of 22. Old. Yeah. Growing up, I have had a lot of issues with a lot of things that a lot of churches do. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying every church does all of the things that we may talk about today, but um, there aren't many who do young student ministries or um, even college age ministries to an extent that I've found favorable, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> that and was I'm, very diplomatic. I'm I'm trying not to fully like call it out and be like, y'all people suck at student ministries, mm-hmm. but um, there have been a lot of those instances where I've just found it and it's been like... Well, and they don't yeah. call uh, us the lost generation for nothing. There, That is actually what um, our generation is referred to in a lot of theological, churchy, environment, book things. I'm not a part of your generation. Oh, no! Oh, no! You're not wrong! That hurt! Okay. Just for reference... Just for reference, the terror that just ensued. Andy is 22, and I, alas, am 27. And I have you guys have like nothing in common at all. No, that, nothing right? in common yeah. at all. But um, <laughs> there's nothing that it's, you guys understand between each other. It's kind of weird this conversation about like generations and which generation people are a part of because there's no standard for it. There's nothing that says this there's, is when one generation. Yeah, there is actually. The, well, there's because a, we looked into it. There's a very loose standard. It is it is a sort of standard, but it's definitely not like this is the year that makes you a generation that makes you part of this or that. There's a general outline of kind of what's what separates generations um that i think gets a little more cloudy with gen z and millennial well and and this is something we looked into because elijah how old are you i am 24 and so obviously i am three years older than elijah so even though we're married i need like a soundboard button here for like a yikes noise or something thanks for that that makes me feel so much better (laughs) i appreciate it (laughs) Yikes! Thanks. Andy. I need a soundboard, and the the sound I would use the is only yikes. Sound I need. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would suit this podcast. Yikes! Um, well, or just like have a comma butt, you know, like programmed into the oh, soundboard. So it's like consistent. Okay, never mind. Um, continuing. <laughs> Back on. What's the science that you found? So, um, actually, the the standards that we found are one: if you can remember having no internet in your phone, or in your phone. That too, I guess, but in your home, mm. or if you remember dial-up. So the very famous, 
that thing? See, now I remember that, but I was four at the time, so I barely remember that. Well, and there's more, okay? Okay. So there's that, but then there's also um, September 11th is a really big cutoff. Mm-hmm. Because for someone like me, I remember se- September 11th. I remember what I was doing. I know where I was. I, rem- I I mean, it's foggy because I was in second or third grade, mm-hmm. but I remember it. And for like Elijah told me he doesn't have any memory of it. I don't. I have I have memories of of being in school like after and and everyone talking about it and, and me as you know in el- elementary school like not understanding like the scope of everything at all but I really don't have any memories at all of, of that day at all yeah and I would imagine you don't either it, it, the extent of what I remember about that day is literally the walk that I had home from my preschool because it was right next to my house mm-hmm. and so I wouldn't yeah, sometimes would get picked up or like my mm-hmm. mother would walk over there and pick me up and mm-hmm. that's the extent of what happened that's the only thing I remember yeah. I'm shocked you even remember that much because you, gosh, you were born I was in three. Yeah, how do you remember that? That's crazy. And literally the only thing I remember about that's that. That's fair. <laughs> and yeah. and so that's actually one of the, the cutoffs, though, for, for because we, me and Elijah looked this up because we are three years apart, and that doesn't sound like a, a lot, except apparently to Andy, who was going to put a yikes noise, mm-hmm. but regardless... <laughs> It doesn't sound like a lot, but there's a lot of ways that we communicate and grew up that are very different. Mm-hmm. And that's that a lot of it has to do with things like technology in school. Mm-hmm. You know, I we had to hand write a lot of our papers until I was in high school. And my family, we had one computer that sat in our living room and that was all we could use. Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. get a laptop till I went to college. I didn't get a smartphone until I was a sophomore in college. Like was I a freshman? It might have been at the Christmas I was a freshman. Mm-hmm. But those things aren't as familiar with me. Mm-hmm. So while Facebook and MySpace are things that I was familiar with, things like Twitter and <laughs> TikTok and stuff like that are, mm-hmm. are pretty out of my wheelhouse. These things changed so quickly. Yeah. And so when, yeah. when we're talking about being young in the church... For me, in a lot of ways, I feel like I can't even claim I'm still young in the church. Mm-hmm. And that's not because, like, I mean, statistically, yes, I am. But realistically, the difference between me and a 24-year-old is already pretty big. Between mm-hmm. me and Andy, I'm sure there's even more differences. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then between me and somebody in high school is completely different. Mm-hmm. So being young is just sort of this arbitrary term that we we throw out. And my experience with young adult groups is that a lot of them don't know when they age out. And that's really difficult to watch because nobody wants to put a defining age on it because then you're calling people old or middle-aged or whatever. And I think people are really hesitant to do that. And I watched it happen at my church camp. And it was, it was really sad. There was a ton of people, and probably someone's going to be listening from it. I'm sorry if this is offensive. But the young adult group had people with, like, middle school-aged kids or with, you know, and as an 18-year-old walking into that, you're just in totally different environments. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it just became evident as that went on that eventually that group that was the young adults just a, a couple years ago 
became the former young adults, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I was glad to see that transition happen because I think it was it was necessary and it was just making not not that they were bad, they're wonderful people and I very much enjoy them, but it wasn't really a young adult group anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I sort of feel like for me now as a parent, while I'm a young family or we're a young family, I don't really consider us a me a young adult. I would still consider Elijah a young adult. But I feel like that's kind of a defining factor for me. Mm. What is? Uh, having kid. having a look. kid. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. Andy, was, you were just going to say okay and let me be confusing. <laughs> no, no. So I, I, kind of, I kind of understood, like, where you're coming from. Um, the other thing is Elijah also has a kid, and you said that he was probably still a part of getting. So I know, and so your that's... Your defining factors. It, it's a lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... I think that those defining factors are oftentimes very much so problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, like with a lot of things that we do, um, especially student ministries, which I have been a part of. Uh, young student ministries have been a part of uh, the Grand, Tr- the Grand Traverse District Council of Youth Ministries, which is a very fancy name for saying we put on some events for youth in like the Grand Traverse area. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, hey, they're fun as all get out. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, to save our life, um, which I apologize if anybody's listening to this and thinks that we did have any idea what we were doing. <laughs> You've um, just crushed so many people. <laughs> but that's okay. I crushed my whole church camp, so I guess. <laughs> well, it, yeah, and so, like, I really I really do associate with that whole um, idea of church camp and the whole phasing out thing because uh, about my freshman year of college, um, I had missed the last two years of being able to go to church camp with mm. um, all of my friends and everything that were there. Yep. And so I came back that next year, and I was working at the camp. And, I, like, all of my friends were still there. And so we would in- enjoy our time together, but ultimately I wasn't a part of the group anymore. I wasn't a part of the um, the youth group session. So instead of being able to uh, attend Bible study and, like, uh, grow in faith with them, it was my job to set up the hoses for an event that was later or different things like that. It wasn't, mm-hmm. um, which, which hurt a lot. Uh, cause yeah, there were ex- extenuating circumstances that meant that I couldn't, uh, spend my senior year with, uh, those people, which is mm-hmm. something that like I miss a lot. And so mm. very sorry. sad. And now that I'm very sad again, um, thanks Andy. <laughs> no. Uh, yes, I was talking about student ministries um, in like church settings, and I think a lot of the time uh, a problem that we see not only with student ministries, but also with like adult ministries and all ministries in all together in total. Um, I don't know what word I'm going for there, but is this formation of cliques that happen? Yes, um, and especially mm-hmm. with uh, so not to call out a church if anybody's listening from there. Um, when I was in Traverse City, I attended a church. And the first couple of years, we tried to attend the student ministries and like tried to join a part of that group. And I had a friend there who was awesome, and she like helped include me in a lot of things. But ultimately, I was joining my freshman year of high school, and I wasn't a part of this group since mm-hmm. they were all kids. And so everybody else got along very, very well and like participated in everything and all of this, but there was no invitation for an outsider. Mm. And oftentimes that just doesn't show up for people who like live up, live and grow up in a church. Um, they form different attachments than somebody who's new coming to the church will ever be able to afford. 
And so there's just this problem that I see of um, people not being able to be included as much uh, with student ministries and even like looking at high school, this is also a problem that like just happens in high school is like sometimes a new kid just gets accepted, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's yeah. just my experience with all of the student ministries is that th- there are a lot of issues that I don't think many people either see or understand or want to see. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these issues just don't get fixed. Well, that's interesting, actually, because I remember um, I moved the year after I graduated high school, or the summer after I graduated high school. So basically I graduated high school, and then I moved away from all my friends before mm-hmm. I went to college, which is kind of really a sad time to Very move. sad, yes. Um but thankfully, it was only like 45 minutes away from where I was, so it wasn't impossible for me to see people. But my dad had asked me if I would be willing to be a part of the youth ministry program that the church had. Um, and I, I didn't want to because I was 17, almost 18, going to college. I'm like, I'm really not youth anymore. But I did. And I when I was being introduced, some of the members of the youth group, I just remember they were so proudly telling me this story about how if they don't like you, they make it known. And they took this new girl, her hat and her purse, and they put it in the sink in the kitchen and just soaked it. And they were really proud of this story of how they chased off this person they didn't like. And the youth directors were like aware and laughing along. And I went home that day and told my dad I'm never going back because I was, why would I want to go back to that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so oh that was gosh. kind of my, sorry, you just reminded me of that no, you're good. That experience, but it's, I feel like there's almost this extreme that happens on one side or another where it's like we don't listen to youth and what they want, or we're so afraid of losing them that we give them everything, but we don't give, give any meat, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. There's no real instruction, like... How do you how do you laugh along while a youth kid tells you they chased someone away from your youth mm. youth group? It's it was very interesting. It's a very extreme example too. It, it like was. It, it sound it definitely sounds like what '90s movies depict like middle school as to me. Well, and, <laughs> like, and, like, have you ever been in middle school, please? I, well, I mean, you know. I, no, yeah. I, Definitely those older movies, I feel like, took mm-hmm. took the examples that may have happened and made it like, this is a reality all the time for kids. Yeah. Well, I know. It, it was such a weird subset of, like, people. I just wouldn't have expected it, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. And it just completely turned me off. But that was really my only experience with youth group because my dad was a pastor and a lot of churches don't have youth groups. Mm -hmm. So, or they did. And my mom was the youth leader and my siblings were the fellow youth kids. And it's, it really just doesn't work as well when your parents are the youth leaders. And my parents are very wonderful, but, and I love you mom and I love you dad, but I didn't want you as my youth leader. (laughs) (laughs) And I completely agree with that being a pastor's kid as well as a youth pastor's kid. Um, it's it's very difficult being able to uh, sometimes open up and share the same experiences mm-hmm. that other kids have um, in youth group uh, or anything like that, especially if y- your parent is the one leading everything because it's like sometimes I don't want my parents to know everything or anything like that. And so it's very difficult to like 
either A, open up to a, a group of your peers, which is a little bit easier. Um, sometimes you get judged, but not as harshly. But um, opening up to your parents about some things, you, you fear a lot more repercussions out of things. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of churches are small enough that youth groups end up being that mm-hmm. a lot of times where it's, it's led by a family in the church or like a, a parent in the church. And that's not always a bad thing. But it can it can definitely become a, a conflict of interest. Mm. At least I think it can be. Um, like you said, mm. it, it's harder to open up. There are certain things that you know. And and my parents again were very wonderful and very easy to talk to. But if I was mad at them and <laughs> I went to youth group and they wanted to talk to me about things, probably not going to happen. Mm. You know, yeah. stuff like that um, makes it a little bit more difficult when you have parents that are in charge. Hmm. There's definitely things that you two can relate to that mm-hmm. I am not in this same boat for sure. It's, it's it's interesting listening to you two talk about those dynamics, especially as like a normal thing that both of you can relate to. Because I am totally off base mm. when it comes to that because I did not, I did not grow up a pastor's kid. Um, when I think most people didn't. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, based on fractions and math and all that. <laughs> based on fractions. Based on the amount of pastors versus the amount of churchgoers, I think and you And the amount of kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, the population trend is in decline. Like, we aren't having enough kids well, to sustain the... Sorry. I hate that that got... Like, that, that's where my brain went to, but like... <laughs> Isn't it crazy that about the population decline right now? <laughs> Isn't it crazy that our population density not is really. not really? <laughs> not when really. Population density is different. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We're gone. We're gone. I'm not an anthropologist. We are. We are officially off base again. Um, I don't know if if we're talking about our personal experiences. Uh, I grew up in pretty much one church for most of my life. Uh, definitely all my adult life, or I'm sorry, young adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, and our church was very, very non-denominational, very charismatic, and I would say probably like half, almost half of, if you can call them like a, attendees, I don't know, half of the people in the church were definitely like young adults or youth. And um, they were, for the most part, all kind of grouped, I, if I'm remembering correctly, like mostly grouped into one. I think we, we, have, we had some... If you can call them programs for like like middle school and like young high school versus like separated from like younger adults, I, like like little things, but for the most part, the like worship events that we had that were focused on youth was just that that entire crowd into one sort of, mm-hmm. um, and the church itself too, outside of like the the youth program as well like the church itself was very youth focused i would say not not 100 percent um but it, it was yeah they were they were very very engaged with like most of the church like normal church activities i would say as well and um i definitely remember certain some form like, like you know I, I think no matter where you go um even the small youth groups although they might be less easy to see no matter where you go when it comes to youth I mean, really, anyone you're going to see some form of of cliques, mm-hmm. or or you know, groups of people who are more comfortable around each other than than just other people, and unfortunately, that results in some people feeling left out and other people not really 
necessarily realizing that it is that way. Andy, I think he just told you to suck it up. Well, no, no I'm so, just kidding. No, <laughs> I, I completely agree, like with your yeah. experience. But in a scenario like that, you have the large environment where there is enough of those clicks, mm-hmm. enough of those groups that if you get kicked out of one, there's probably somebody else who has more interest. Yeah, in yeah, and like I. That. I can't ever say that, at least that I personally had an experience with or saw people getting, like, literally kicked out of something or or, or directly um, and intentionally excluded. Mm -hmm. But it it was, you know, there were instances where I think people didn't really want to see or admit that there were some groups of people who, while they may have maybe could have engaged more with the rest of the groups, um, still didn't feel as included. Um, you know, I'm trying to say, like, groups of people who, who were less included who both sides could have done more to basically either engage or, or reach out to each other kind of a thing. Um, the thing that stands out more, though, wasn't really my church in that aspect. There was a period of time where I actually was invited to attend, like, another um youth program from another church that was that was giant they had like a they had like a youth group like worship session once a week and they had like an entire facility behind their big church like for their mm-hmm. their young adult activities they had like it, it was it was a really big church and the facility specifically behind the church had like a basketball court kind of a thing and it was a giant space inside for a really big worship team and a lot of kids from all over the area to come and worship together as well. And that was an area where I, it was, th- there must have been 150 to 200 kids there, like, like, like at once a week, every week. And it wasn't a big building. It was, no, I'm not talking about my church. I'm talking about something else, a, a different youth group that I attended at one point. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't remember I the, apologize. I don't, I don't remember know the name anything. Of it. Yeah, you're playing too much Pokemon over there. You're not supposed to tell people. <laughs> No, no, this this was a different thing that, that another one of my friends invited me to outside of the youth group that I was a part of. So, so um, this building, uh, what, I'm sorry, let me get back on track. What I'm trying to say is that because that was an experience where I actually was an outsider, mm-hmm. whereas my main church, I grew up with all of those people and the youth leaders from when I was a very young child, so I knew everyone. So coming, being an outsider at another youth group that was much bigger it was clear as day to see like you could very clearly identify the groups of people who stuck together mm. and it was much more apparent to me while visiting that one that uh it it was really easy to feel excluded and it is definitely something that i think a lot of especially larger youth programs in churches don't necessarily know how to even address i think mm-hmm. um because you don't want to tell anyone don't you don't want to try to pressure people especially young people to 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 reach out in ways that they're not comfortable with without without like you know like guiding them gently into like being more comfortable but you also don't want to encourage i i feel i don't think that it's right or healthy to encourage um just only staying in your group, mm-hmm. and 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 while because you have to admit that some people, even if it's not maliciously or, or intentional, you, you have to be able to admit that some people, some kids are going to just be left out, especially if they're new, and I think that um, a lot of churches 
and from my experience, I think a lot of the leadership team and in, in like, like the main the main leaders of like the youth programs, I think, can have a tough time um, addressing the problem head on instead of just kind of saying to everyone, make sure, you know, make sure that you're, you're including everyone. I mean, you know, we don't want anyone to feel left out. I think there has to be a little bit more of a very intentional and direct effort to actually seek out the people who really are excluded and to intentionally go to them. Well, and I think, I, I wonder how your experience was shaped from the fact that in the first scenario, you grew up in that church. Yeah, yeah. And so to you, it didn't seem like there was much exclusion happening. Not, not second, as much, yeah. In the second scenario, you were the outsider for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that did form a, a poor, sorry, it's just... No, you're good. No, weird, it's a good follow-up. Weird, observe yeah. Ruth. Um, because I, yeah. uh, we... See, we grew up always the outsiders mm-hmm. uh, because we just moved around a lot. Yeah. Um, I, well, I'm speaking for you, Andy. No, you're yeah, welcome. You're good. Well, and this is, this is different, too, because you guys grew up in the United Methodist denomination for the most yeah. part. Yeah. And if some of you are listening and, and you don't know, like those... The pastors for those churches get moved around all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my church, uh, even though my parents weren't the pastors, we, we were... We were friends with them and very close with them from the beginning of us attending there, and therefore, like we knew everyone, and I knew every everyone like pretty early on. So while you may think that like a pastor's kid would be the people who always feel included, sometimes like in the UMC where the pastors are moving around, it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think that's an interesting thing to talk about too. Well, and there's always the dynamic. It's sort of like being the um, principal's kid. Right, right. Uh, the dynamic of like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other issue. But, mm-hmm. but the other thing, and so, so I think those are those are some really good points. But I think the thing that that I I struggle with is is not even as much that, but for people who are in college, for people who then leave college, or people who don't go to college, there's because there's not anywhere for them to plug in. Like mm-hmm. when we when we have a youth group. A lot of youth group leaders will intentionally try to plug in new students, as you had indicated, to other groups, even yeah. if they're not perfect at it, and, and they're yeah. they're trying to find those exclusions and plug them in. But the problem is that the church sort of forgets about college students and then, again, students who don't go to college. There's not a lot of ministries directed because as a 27-year-old in the church, I don't really want to join a knitting circle. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. I, well, I, I am. Yeah. I'm speaking for myself. I do actually know a lot of 27 year olds who do, do love knitting, mm-hmm. but but like I don't want to. You know, I'm, I'm probably not going to go to a quilting bee, or or things like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go to the youth group either because I'm not youth. Mm-hmm. So then, where where do you fit in? And that can get even more complicated based again on families versus not having a family yet, single versus married, mm-hmm. all of these other things. And I think, I don't know that we're, we would ever be able to address every single group. Mm-hmm. Right. But we are missing a huge portion of the population. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that can, we can lead into for our topic on Thursday yeah. is about uh, ways that the groups in church yeah. can be formed for younger and we're definitely we're definitely right now looking at me like i'm crazy and i took my entire job away from me (laughs) oh i'm sorry i'm sorry please forget everything i just said now let's turn it over to andy elijah yeah go for it well thanks andy i appreciate that a lot uh (laughs) 
I, I just want to give a, a quick follow-up that we're definitely right now just addressing things that we, we'll call them issues or, or just topics that, that we've seen that, that could be worked on in the church without really like casting blame on anyone. Mm-hmm. And whether I need to, I don't really know if I, if I really need to or not, but I just want to like follow up with, I'm not blaming or even like coming down on, on any people that I may have just mentioned like in my in my experience with like these two different youth ministries or anything, I'm not really, we're not, we're not bringing up all these things to, to expose leaders who aren't doing enough Mm -hmm. because if anything, I, I I can't even really imagine how difficult it is, especially in a giant youth group to try Mm -hmm. to do your best to make everyone feel welcome. Um, especially when you don't have any control over, over social norms (laughs) or, or the way that people group up, you know, I think, so I, I, I just want to say that I'm definitely not trying to expose problems in leadership for youth as much as, really what I'm just trying to do is just talk about my personal experiences and, um, and it would, it would, it would make me, it would be very, very awesome if even just talking about those experiences, um, if those resonated with any of you listening right now, that that's really all I'm trying to do. Because I know that a lot of youth leaders work their butts off trying to, oh, to really ensure the best for all of their, you know, all the people in their group. Um, as do a lot of church leaders yeah. outside of the youth as well. Of course, um, yeah. And, and again, I just, in our last minute or so. Yeah, I didn't um, start my time on time either, so. <laughs> you didn't, but I did. So did I actually you? have the timer, and it is. Okay. So no, you didn't because mine is only ten seconds behind yours. So in our last minute okay, or so, anyhow. we're just going to talk about how much time we have left. <laughs> in our last minute or so, I just would like to bring it back to just the heart of what we're doing. As Elijah indicated, we're not trying to blame. We're not trying to to yell at. We're not trying to to cause a ton of, um, I don't know, release anger upon everyone. We're we're trying to raise up issues that we see within our own ministry and really create a home for people mm-hmm. to create yeah. a place for people to feel welcome um, and, and to feel like they can talk about their experiences with being, being young in the church and not feel like they have to either hide that or pretend be ashamed of it. Be, yeah. Be ashamed of it yeah. or, or even feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could hear almost in your voice, that little bit of guilt as you talk about your experience, not feeling welcome in a youth group yeah. And and I don't think that that's something that we need to feel guilty about. It's something we need to talk about so we can work on creating a better church together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah, amen. important to, to So have. we are uh, pretty much out of time. Yes. So extending an invitation to all of you listening, we want to hear your experiences. We want to hear your issues that you found. Um, so leave that comment down in the description, um, either on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, tweet at us, Instagram comment. We have Instagram. trying to think about all the different things that Instagram we have. Um, <laughs> and we are now on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts and a bunch of other things that I don't know because I can't remember them Heck all. yeah. If you're listening on YouTube and you don't want to keep your app open the entire time, check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify for sure. You will love it. We probably should have put this at the beginning. Yeah, of we'll, yeah. The beginning we'll do it at the okay. beginning of the next one. Sorry. Also, Great. shout out to our new social media director, Kate. You're wonderful. Just right. Kate. Thank you, Kate. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us today. I am uh, Andy. I'm Ruth. And I'm Elijah. Enjoy the rest of your day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>